Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, good morning, wherever you're watching us from, whether you're online or you're on demand, maybe later in the week. Really, really glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, it's the season of Christmas, and uh, when uh, when we when I think about Christmas, it's it's just uh, in many ways the most wonderful time of the year. And we're going to talk about that today, but it's also a challenging time. We're going to talk about that. But before we get into all that, uh, I just need to know, and I'm going to look on my phone. Are you a Christmas Eve celebrator in your house? Or are you a Christmas Day celebrator in your house? Now, I've been thinking about Christmas Eve, and we're not that family that has all the matching jammies. Sometimes my kids do, but I never get the matching jammies because uh, I just don't. I, I think jammies are meant for in your room, but that's another story. Uh, but are you a Christmas Eve person or a Christmas Day celebrator? Maybe you're just a two-day party, or I'm going to look on here on my stream here and see what people are saying. Uh, Christmas Eve, Kelsey, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Yes, thank you, Jennifer Windle. Liza, Christmas Day, all day. It's wherever she is. That's where the party's at. Christmas Day is Christmas. Uh, somebody's saying good morning. Good morning, Premiers. Both, yes. That's somebody in, in Princeton, Lynette. She's like just going to party for two days. Christmas Day. Horizon Youth, I think that's Daniel, he's both, that's all. Carly's both, but probably Christmas Eve more so. Make a decision, girl. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, what a wonderful time of the year. And you'll notice that our, uh, our theme this year is, I'll be home for Christmas. And uh, that's probably more true than it has ever been in this season of COVID. But, you know, if this uh, message today or if uh, other messages have been helpful to you, you can go to horizonfam.ca, click on podcast, and you can listen to ones from the, the past number of months. Uh, or you can go to our YouTube channel, Horizon Church Surrey, and you can uh, watch all the services since about March that are on there. Or uh, if you're watching on Facebook right now, just hit share and maybe tag a friend in it. And that's your way you can invite them to church today in the comfort of their living room. But uh, let's go to what, what we're going to talk about today. And as I've already alluded to, that this can be the most wonderful time of the year or it can be the most difficult. And why I say that is because if you've experienced loss this year or you've gone through something that's really challenging, and I think uh, that's for all of us in many uh, ways, but particularly those maybe have lost a family member or, or there's an estrangement in your family, this year can highlight your, uh, that very, very negative issue. And so we want to acknowledge that reality is, and as well all this craziness that's going on in our world uh, right now around COVID. And, and then there's others who just struggle with the darkness, seasonal affective disorder order, SADS, and so it's just a challenging time of the year in many, many ways, and, and Shanta and I were talking about this as we were driving the other day, uh, we're still allowed to do that, uh, and just talking about how the dark the days are right now, just simply because of, and not just metaphorically, they are that, but also just naturally as it's leading to the shortest day of the year, if you're in the northern hemisphere, December 20th or 21st, whatever it is this year, and and, and it got us to thinking, and we were talking about this, how that 
Um, it's a good reminder, Christmas is. I'm so thankful that it comes at this time of the year in our, in our calendar simply because it's so dark. And it reminds me of what the Bible says about Jesus coming in John chapter 1, where it says this, that um, in him, that's in Jesus, was life, and this life was the light of all mankind. And this light, Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I'm going to keep harping on that because I think we need to remind ourselves of the reality of what's going on in the midst of darkness, that the light of Jesus has come, and the darkness, no matter how dark your day may be, no matter what you might be going through right now, no matter what's going on in our world, that the darkness is not going to overcome the light of Jesus in your life life, for your life, for your family, we're going to continue to lean into the reality of what Christmas is. And that's why we're talking about I'll be home for Christmas, because I think that speaks to the reality of what Christmas is about, is that God sent Jesus to come and reconcile us to him. To enable us to come back to the Father. To enable us to come home, not just for Christmas, but for all year round and for the rest of our life. And, and Jesus modeled that when he came on the earth. And he spent his time with people like Peter, who was a, a loud mouth and talked too much and got his foot caught in his mouth. Some of you are like that. He, he, he came for people like Thomas, who was a doubter, who didn't always believe what Jesus was doing in the moment. He came for people like uh, Andrew, who didn't know what was doing, wasn't always marked with faith. He came for people like and spent time with him, brought close to him, people that would betray him. He went close and, and was surrounded himself with and made him um, his home with people who would, the world around them said, let's reject them. The tax collector, the sinner, the, the, the person who was uh, seemingly far from God, the, the, the prostitute. And in all of those places, Jesus was absolutely at home with. And it, that's what Christmas is about. It's reminding us that God sent Jesus to enable us to come home to the Father. Not just for a moment, but for all eternity. When Jesus was leaving, he said, uh, I go to prepare a home for you or a place for for you. So it's for here and for now, and it's for eternity, as that's why Jesus came. Home for Christmas. And I want to use a foundational verse out of Mark chapter 10 and verse 15 that talks about, it's a story that we've heard many times, you know, like it's a Christmas story. I'm using it that way. It's Mark chapter 10 and verse 15, and, and there was a bunch of children, and they wanted to come close to Jesus and, and be blessed by him. And the disciples were like, no, no, stay away from him. Jesus is far too important. Get, keep him away. And Jesus rebuked them and said, no, let the children come unto me. It says he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. And, and he said this in verse 15. He said, I tell you the truth. He used it as an illustration. Anyone who does not receive, who, anyone who does receive the kingdom of God, I'll put it up here because I think I copied it wrong. Here it is. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in it. It doesn't mean you have to be uh, silly or anything like that. It simply means that a child comes with trust and innocence. And Jesus said, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, if you want to come into the place where you're at home with God, you have to enter it like a child. Enter it with trust. Enter it with innocence. And come towards God in that same kind of a spirit 
like those little children. If you want to find your way home to God, if you want to live with the presence of God manifesting and showing up in your life, come like a child with trust and with innocence. And in the craziness of our world, we need to remind ourselves of the God of, of, of Scripture, the God who came near, the God who was called Emmanuel. He's with us in this moment. Last week, we talked about the attributes of God uh, because we really believe that God is the one who sets the tone for his kingdom. He's the one who sets the tone for his family, for the home. And when you know God, and when you come to know who God is, you can understand and come and experience the reality of coming home for Christmas, the reality of the kingdom of God. And last week, we looked at it from the perspective of a child, where a child would say, God is good but a child might not say, oh, God is good. The child might say, well, God's for me. And we talked about last week how God is for us. And this week, we're talking about the, another attribute of God, about the presence of God. And just in a simple phrase to remind ourselves of it today is that my God is with me. Wherever you're at right now, say that out loud. My God is with me. Even in the room, the people here, I'm going to wake them up. My God is with me. There we go. My God is with me. Now we know that God is everywhere. We know he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. But a child doesn't just think about the God out here, the, the great God of the universe. The child thinks of it in the terms of God is with me. His presence is with me. When we were, when our kids were small, uh, I don't know what it is with kids. When you want to sleep, they want to be awake. Uh, someone put on uh, social media last week, why is it the people that really want to go to bed have to try and put to bed the kids who don't want to go to bed? That's what seemingly what goes on. But our kids would, particularly one of them, would often awake in the night and uh, come to our room and Honestly, they knew not to come to their mother because she would not wake up. That just would not happen. And if she did, we'll just leave it there. So they would come to my side of the bed, and I would be like dead asleep. Like I, when I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. And then suddenly, for whatever reason, I would open my eyes, and there would be these eyes, just little beady eyes, looking at me like a foot away from my face. Dad. 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 What? What are you doing? I had a bad dream. Dad, I had a bad dream. I don't feel well. I'm a little scared. And I'd be like, oh, all right. And I'd pull my blanket up and pull them in and tuck them in close beside me, pray with them and, and hold them until they went to sleep. They didn't want me just to say, it's going to be fine, go back to bed. I actually had to get close with them and, and assure them and calm them down. And after they went to sleep, I would take them and put them back in their bed because I'll tell you what, a kid will find a way to take over. They're so small, they take over the whole bed somehow. And you're sleeping on the edge. That's what happens. But the point being that the kids don't want to just hear about that I'm with them. They want to feel and sense and know that the reality that I'm with them. Kids value presence. And it's important to remind ourselves in this season because in a season that's challenged us mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, relationally, to remind ourselves that my God is with me. And I don't know if you use Version; It's a, an app on your phone, a Bible app. It's one of the great ones. It's free, Version. I love it. Um, this year, searches on it went up 80%. 
and people were searching for all kinds of things. And the number one search that was out there, the most searched for, the most read, the most bookmarked verse was this one right here. So do not fear, for I am with you, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I was reading this, and it got me to thinking, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. And the reason this is searched for so much this year is because this has been the reality. And why does God want to remind us that he's with us? So that he can strengthen us, which means that there have been times that we felt pretty weak in the middle of it all. And it's okay. There are times that I've needed help that I didn't know what to do. There are times that you don't know what to do, even right now that you don't know what to do. And you have to know this, that God is with you, that God will uphold you. Times where you've stumbled, times where you've fallen, times where you've said things that you shouldn't have said, times where I've said things that I shouldn't have said, times where I felt all alone. And God reminds me with scripture verses like this, that my God is with me. I do not fear, I do not be dismayed. That word dismayed means to be concerned, to be distressed. What a year for that. And we remind ourselves that my God is with me. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And other people might have walked out of your life in this season and ghosted you. But never will God leave you. Never will I forsake you, abandon you, walk away from you, walk out on you. Other people might, people might fail you. Your bank account might have failed you. You might have failed life. You might have failed in so many spaces. But God is with you. Never will I leave you. Never. Underline that. Circle that. Find it in your Bible. Write that. Never will I forsake you. The problem is, though, that many of us have forgotten how close God can be. The problem is that many of us, even committed Christians, we don't often believe it, we don't really believe it, and we live like God is not actually with us. It's a concept in our mind or something we read in a book, but I want to share with you some scripture today to remind you the reality and help you to find a way again to experience the reality that God is with you. God is with you. He's with you. You know, in the Old Testament, the concept of God with us meant this. It meant that God was for you, that God would fight for you. And then in the New Testament, we see that Jesus came as Emmanuel, and God was with us in the flesh, and he was present with us. In fact, in a message translation, it says, the word became flesh and made his home, uh, took up residence in the neighborhood. Jesus came and, and dwelt among us. And then as Jesus, so God fought for us, he was for us, then he was with us and present with us. And then Jesus, as he, after he died and buried and resurrected, he said, I will send the Holy Spirit who will be within you and will never leave you. He'll be inside of you. So God went from being for us, the God of the, up there to Jesus among us. Now he's God Holy Spirit who's within us. He never leaves. He's always with us in every space, no matter where you are. It's, he's meant to be experienced, not a concept to be experienced. And if you asked a child, how is God with you? And I think if you asked us, how could you have a moment with God? I think that 
I, we were watching a, a show the other day, and it was a, this struggle that someone was having. And the person says, do you feel like God has abandoned you? Because they felt far from God. And the person said this. They said, no, I actually think I've abandoned him. I've walked away from him in some way that I wasn't even aware of because of my disappointments, because of my hurts. And in the story, all the things, that, the struggle between doing what God says and what, what, what my flesh wanted and all that. And they said, no, maybe I've walked away from God. And some of us maybe have done that in a way. Some don't know how to get close to God, have a moment with God. Some have forgotten that we need moments with God, that he is meant to be experienced. And if you asked a kid, how do you have a moment with God? They would say probably come like a child, really, really simple. Talk to him. Talk to him. Hear my prayer, oh God. Listen to the words of my mouth. And Notice I said talk to him and I didn't say pray because I don't know, sometimes when we say pray, people are like freaking out. I don't know how to pray. I'm not sure if I've got the right formula for praying. And, and if you really want to frighten somebody in a group, ask them to pray out loud. That's how you'll get people to like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. They'll freak right out. Or if you, a number of years ago in a church that we were a part of and, and we had a 6 a.m. prayer time, 6 till 7 in the morning. And uh, we were in, the, often would be in there, five, six, seven people, and it would be a quiet prayer time. And I was new there, maybe two or three weeks, and I was leading the prayer time, and, and it was just absolutely quiet. Like, there was no music. The people were like, they would grunt from time to time, maybe say amen. I don't know what they were amening, because nobody was talking. Like, someone might say yes, yes, yes. And, and I was just like, oh, this is too much. And so I just started to pray, and I prayed for like 20 minutes. I prayed, for the, I prayed for the town, I prayed for the city, I prayed for the cats, I prayed for the dogs, I prayed for the weather, I prayed for my neighbor, I prayed for anything I could think of, the, the missionaries across the sea, and I just kept praying, praying, and I babbled on and babbled on, and I thought, wow, finally somebody can show these people how to pray. And a little while later, later that afternoon, I got a call from somebody who was in that meeting and they said, why did you have to pray so much? You, did, you just embarrassed us and showed us and intimidated us and, and we, don't, you, we don't know how to pray and you made it worse for us. And I was like, ah, because we all have these concepts of prayer and it's so important to just read. It's this. Talk to him. Talk to him. Learn, leave the hang-ups about prayer. Make it really, really simple. Like David said, I just an ongoing conversation with God throughout my day. And it's important to have times and all that for sure. But sometimes it's just, hear my prayer, oh God. Hear my talking, oh God. But what do I talk about, someone might say. What do I talk about? This one is one that, out of Philippians chapter 4, not Phil, but Philippians chapter 4, and this is, Paul wrote this, and Paul wrote this out of a prison, and he was writing to a church, and, and he said this, he said, don't worry about anything, instead, someone say instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. And I would have to say that most of the time, the problem where I start to feel like God is not with me is because I reverse that. I worry about everything and pray about nothing. That's when I start to feel like God is distant from me. But this is a real easy way to start. What do I talk about? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Anxiety and worry and concern 
is a clue to what should be on your prayer list. You can be praying and say everything means everything. Praying about your family, praying about your relationship, praying about your fears, praying about your concerns, praying about your wayward sons and daughters, praying about your finances, praying for your leaders, praying for Dr. Bonnie, praying for your next door neighbor, praying for your pastors. Come on, somebody, pray about everything. Not just something once in a while, but pray about everything. If it's on your mind, God, it's on God's heart. Tell God what you need. Just real simple. Tell him what you need. God, I need some peace in this situation. I need some direction in this situation. I need some empathy in this situation. I need, to, I need your help to get rid of this frustration. And then as you pray that, just thank him for what he's done. It's really, really simple. Thank him for what he's done. And then here's the kicker of it all. Then don't worry about anything anything, pray about everything, tell God what you need, thank him for what you've done, then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace. And we need God's peace in this world right now. We need to experience the reality of God with us. Talk to him. Well, how does God speak? Well, we're going to get there in a moment. The second thing a child would say is, don't just talk to God, but listen to him. Our kids, there was one of them, and if you know our kids, you'll know who it is. One of them really liked to talk when she was small. And she still really likes to talk. But when she was small, she'd be sitting in her car seat in the back, and she would be just chattering away. And literally, it was like that. And I could not keep track. But here's the with the other kids, I could just say, uh-huh, uh-huh. But she would stop, and she would say, right, Dad? Right what? Dad. Dad. Dad, right, Dad? And she wanted me to listen to her and to respond to her. And that's the way it is. That's because it's a relationship. That's how she connected. And when we learn how to listen to God, we can experience the reality of God with us. Listen to him. And this verse in Deuteronomy 30, listen to God's voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. When you listen to him and people are like, what, listen to God? How do I hear God? Well, how? You know, I've never heard God's voice. Is he like Darth Vader? I don't know. I haven't heard him speak audibly. He could, but the most common way that I hear God speaking to me is this Bible that I read. And I've had so many times when I'm reading it and, and I've experienced God speaking to me by directing me, by correcting me, by encouraging me. As I just get in his word, he speaks to me through his word again and again. And God also speaks through other people where someone will speak and call you. God will speak through circumstances. God can speak to, to you through a song. God is always speaking. We don't always recognize his voice, but he's always speaking. And as we learn to recognize and listen to him, we will experience the reality of God with us. He's with us. But the most common way that God speaks to us besides his word is his spirit. And you'll sometimes get an impression on the inside of you or a thought will come to you and say, well, that sounds a little creepy, Craig. I don't know how I can listen to God. Well, here, I want to give you a little exercise and see what will happen. And you might even try that this today or this week. And it's simply like, God, who ask this question and write the name. God, who do you want me to pray for? And write the names that will come because some names will come. Sometimes you even experience that when you're driving in your car. A name will pop into your mind. It's somebody God wants to speak to you about and somebody wants you to pray about. So you write their name. Who do you want me to pray about? 
And you just start praying. And if you want to get really brave, you start to say, God, what do you want me to pray about for them? And then you start to pray about that and pray and ask God to help them. And then if you really want to get super encouraged, text the person or call them and say, I'm praying for you and this is what, this is what I'm praying for you. And I can tell you this from experience. So many times so the person was like, how did you know what was going on? And just the reality of you listening to God, God speaks to you in ways that you're not even recognizing right now. And if you'll take and pause and take moments to just sit back and listen and like I have to do sometimes, shut my mouth and just listen I will hear his voice and experience the reality of God with us. And this is it. This is where God wants us to get to. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you, not necessarily literally, but inside of you. This is the way. Walk in it. God wants to direct your life. Listen to him. Talk to you. Or, or sorry. First, let us talk to him and then listen to him. You talk to him, you listen to him, and then finally we receive from him because he is God with us. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. You know, the reality is that many of us have forgotten what it's like or never learned how to receive from God. I'm fine. I don't need anything. I'm good. We're too proud. Uh, or we live like God doesn't exist in our life. Or we, or we feel a far away from God because maybe we've sinned or done something that's affected us and we don't feel ready to come and ask God for anything or receive from him. But the reality is, is that, that, that God is with us and wants to pour out upon us. And if we come like a child, think of this. If you think back to Christmas time when you were a child or if you have children or grandchildren, you have never heard a kid say this, that's too many presents. Stop, I don't need any more. Surely there's somebody else who's more deserving of this than me. No, they're like, bring it on. I want more presents. I need more. Give me more. <coughs> the reality is when the childlike faith comes and says, I want the presence of God and I need to learn to receive from him. And what does God give us when he's present, when he's with us? See, God's presence comes like this. It says that, God comes in a way that he gives me courage when I don't feel it. Psalm 23 talks about that. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. He gives me rest when I'm weary. His presence gives me comfort when I'm hurting. So many tired people, so many weary people, so many disappointed people, so many brokenhearted people, so many struggling people, so many of us, uh, maybe not in any of those categories, but maybe recognizing that there's a distance between us and God. And in these moments, to remind ourselves to cast all our care on him because he cares for us. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I had to remind myself of that this uh, fall, I've had two cousins that have lost their lives through overdoses and, and one happened a couple of weeks ago and for, for the day that I heard, it, it was just a day where it just overwhelmed me. And, and I remember I, I was crying and I couldn't, this, these were not cousins that I was super close with, but they were, I knew them growing up. And so I, my heart was, 
but I'm not really a crier. And, and all of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed in a moment, and I'm, tears are coming to my face. And, and I was just like, God, how much more can I take? And, and I reminded myself, and I began to do this, to cast all my care upon him, for he cares for me. Because in a moment, I needed to be reminded that God was with me. And I said, God, I need to receive from you your comfort. Holy Spirit, I need something because my cup is overflowing. And it's not overflowing with, like, joy right now. It's overflowing with some sorrow. And I had to invite him into my world and experience the reality of God with us. And many of us are in that situation right now where we need to remind ourselves and invite Jesus into our world by casting all our cares and this is the beauty. As I cast my care upon him, I receive from him strength and courage and hope and peace and life and joy and strength to keep going and, and just a power that is, enables me to overcome. That's the reality of God with us, God with you, God with your family, God with your marriage, God wherever you're at, God with you. He's close to the brokenhearted. He cares for those in distress and pain. He gives rest to the weary. His presence is powerful. And I love this, and we'll close with this. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. God with me. And if you, you notice, we, had, we talked about having a moment with God where we just simply pull aside and we talk to him, we listen to him, and we receive from him. And if you can do that, if you can have a moment, you can have a minute. And if you can have a minute with God, you can have an hour with God. And if you can have an hour with God, you can have a day with God. Do you see where I'm going here? And if you can have a day with God, you can have a week with God. And if you can have a week with God, you can have a month with God. And if you can have a month with God, you can have a year with God. And if you can have a year with God, you can have a life with God. Where we begin to live in the reality of I'm able to be an overcomer, rejoicing always in his presence because the reality is he's meant to be experienced. He's God with us. I can talk to him. I can listen to him. Him and I can receive from him. He's God with us. He's God with you. I want to wonder how many of you would be like me at moments where you might intellectually believe that God is with you, but practically you've been having moments of living your life on your own and you forgot about his presence. Some of you are hurting and need comfort right now. You say, I'm a follower of Jesus and I want to learn to walk with him in reality and ongoing awareness of his presence. And so, Father, I thank you that right now you're stretching out your hand in places and spaces where people feel alone, where people feel hurting, where people feel overwhelmed, where people feel like you're distanced, like you're just God for me, but you're not really God within me. Lord, I pray right now that the overwhelming sense of the presence of God coming into rooms, coming into living rooms, coming to people watching in their car, wherever, Lord, we are right now, that you are God with us, always present help in trouble to help us in our time of need. And there might be some others that are listening or watching right now and you recognize that you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. You're actually not sure where you stand with God. And it's as simple as this. If you want to come home for Christmas and not only come home for Christmas, but come home and live with the reality of God with us, then here's all you need to do is to begin the, the process of the journey with God and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. For come into my life, lead my life, 
I, I, and, and Jesus, I repent of my ways and I want to follow you all the rest of my life. Just something like that where we acknowledge our need for God, repent of our sins and say, I want to follow you. And you can pray that prayer and pass from death to life, from darkness into light and see what God would do where the God of the Bible moves out off the pages and out of the stories of history and comes to affect your history and your destiny because he's God with us. We talk to him, we can listen to him, and we can receive from him. He's so, so good. So, Father, people that are praying that prayer right now, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're coming. Even your Holy Spirit, this sense of drawing that some are feeling right now, it's you drawing them and calling them back home. Lord, I thank you that men and women are turning to you right now. Thank you for the harvest of souls that are happening right now. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.